503. And from there, we're going to look at uh, worshiping uh, the Lord with angels. And of course, Psalm 103 is one of my favorite psalms. Bless the Lord, <coughs> O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. That is proactive, as they call it. That is energetic. That's not just saying, well, praise the Lord. No, it's putting everything that we can into praising the Lord. It's, it's, you know, it's the idea of, of really cheering them on. Uh, we see all that energy that uh, you, they could put 90 to 100,000 people in a football stadium and people cheer their team on. Well, the idea here is put that energy into praising God. Now, that doesn't mean running up and down the aisles and, you know, dressing up like, you know, fools or whatever that the, some of those people do with the orange, you know, and all that. But no, it means let's really get into it, folks, and let's praise the Lord. Let's bless the Lord, oh, my soul, my soul and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. And so sometimes we need to just turn off the radio and just in or the television or the internet or whatever else and just say, Lord, I'm going to spend the next five, 10 minutes. I'm going to just praise you. I'm going to thank you for who you are. I'm going to go back to my salvation. Thank you for what you've done there. And I'm going to really put some energy into blessing the Lord. Now, when we do that, that helps us both mentally as well as physically. You know, they have found that, uh, you know, we talk about singing, singing, make melody in our hearts to the Lord. Uh, that is energy being used and nothing wrong <coughs> with singing in the shower. Nothing wrong with getting a verse uh, and really um, uh, just singing to the Lord. Not, not only in the shower, but uh, every day. I mentioned, I, was, I turn on the radio in the morning and they, there's this talk show, O'Reilly and somebody on on WROK, but he's always got little gems of uh, information. Of course, he's got to fill up three hours, so he gets a lot of stuff, I guess, off the internet. But he uh, said there's a study out there that they have found out that, uh, <coughs> uh, that humming will do all kinds of great things for your mental stability, especially if you hum the right things. And so if you don't know the words, hum. I'm going, well, if he, if, what is, if he got the information, if it's accurate, that means you don't even have to know the words. All we need to do sometimes is make a joyful noise to the Lord. You know, even if you can't stay on key. My wife is, okay, so I'm off key there, I know. But uh, there again, you know, um, and then if you do know the words, sing as much as you know and then hum the rest. But the Lord knows what we need. And so when we, Bless the Lord with all of our soul, with our, all our soul. And we see that God, I mean, just I mean, all that is within me. When's the last time we just really reared back and say, Lord, I'm going to concentrate on you for five minutes. I'm going to concentrate on you. You know, partly, you know, getting up in the morning on a rainy Sunday morning and coming to church, really, that's expending. And so what, expending some energy. And I really want it to be that when you get here, you're glad to be here. It's been glad, to, good to be in the house of the Lord. I want to have something for you. And uh, as far as a pastor is concerned, I want you to feel like you've been blessed by the word of God. And so it's really great to see that people are returning. We got several, I mean, uh, how many people 
10, 11 people that watch us regularly now over the internet. And then uh, we've had up to 30 people that have tuned in from week to week. And so that's just, uh, you know, things, people that we don't see and praise the Lord for you. But uh, you know, if you live in Belvedere, we hope that you'll physically get with us and uh, let's praise the Lord together. But uh, he says, uh, he says, bless the Lord, all my soul and all that is with me. Bless and bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits. Oh my, what the benefits that, that, is, that there are to be saved. Oh, that we would thank God for his benefits. I, I love it whenever people say, you know, pastor, I didn't realize just how much, uh, how much you can enjoy being a Christian. You know, I always thought that before I got saved, you know, it was just you bunch of holy rollers down there. But I love those type of testimonies. I didn't know I could have so much fun being a Christian, you know, and I didn't, and I love those testimonies. Forget not his benefits. And then of course, when they come out of sin and when we all come out of sin and God blesses, and then all the, the blessings that he heaps on us day to day. Just mentioned, uh, I'm on a roll this week, three different people that didn't have cancer that uh, we've been praying for, that God's healed. I'm praying for the fourth now and I'm gonna call him soon this week and see how he's doing. But uh, I didn't do that and I do not want to be known as a faith healer because I'm not a faith healer. It's the prayer of faith that will save the sick, not me. And so, uh, but isn't it good that we know that on Wednesday night that our prayers have benefits? Isn't it great to know that God is working? And sometimes we don't see them and sometimes we have to hunt for them or remind ourselves of them. Uh, Last week, my old car wouldn't crank up. This week it cranked up and didn't even think about it. That's a benefit, isn't it? I didn't have to walk to church. Uh, all kinds of benefits we get. Uh, you're sitting on padded pews, folks. They don't, this old building, they don't look much, but they sure are better than old hard benches, aren't they? Oh, the benefits that God has given us in our lives. And so forget not his benefits. And he goes on. Uh, he says, uh, uh, and forget not his benefits. He says, um, who crowns you with loving kindness. There's that word mercy again, or um, and it's tender mercies, um, and satisfies your mouth with good things and uh, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Now, that's one I pray for. Oh, Lord, I'm a little older now, but I sure would like to soar like the, with, the, with the eagles again. Uh, not the football eagles, but uh, with the Lord. Uh, like that thing... Uh, it sure is hard to soar with the eagles when you have to work with all the buzzards, but you know. Uh, Psalm 103, yes. And that was verse uh, f- five. Now, um, he executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. Do I, can I trust the God with the wrongs in my life? Can I trust? Okay, he executes righteousness and justice for those who are oppressed. Um, and this is one I'm going to be studying and uh, trying to develop a, a, a sermon on, but, or a series even maybe. But he made known his ways to Moses and his acts to the children of Israel. There's a difference there. God spoke to Moses and Moses face to face and Moses learned his ways. And many of his people, Joshua learned his ways. And other people that really wanted to follow the Lord learned his ways. But a lot of those Israelites, all they knew was his acts. 
You know, oh, they were healed. Isn't that great? God healed. Well, that's good, but don't you want to know the ways of God? Uh, I know my wife. I know how she acts. I could pretty well predict some of the, her reactions. But I want to know her ways because that's the intimacy of a relationship. It's a relationship. Remember, Christianity is not a religion. That's act. You know, we come and we can have our rituals and those are acts. But I want to know the ways of God. I want to know how he speaks to me. I want to walk with him. I want him to, I want him to remind me. And that's one reason I like a discipleship. And I'm, you know, with two people, pray for the two men that uh, were here last Sunday, but uh, talking with one of them Thursday night. And, uh, you know, when you're talking to a brand new Christian, all of a sudden, all these things come back because, but you, and, and they're all, oh my, you know, that everything's new to them. And to you, you go, oh, I forgot about that a long time ago. I took it for granted. And you're saying, wait a minute, you're telling him things that he's excited about. And I'm, oh, I forgot. Hey, those are benefits that I've just you know, put on the shelf. And so, but there's just to think of what God's done. And I was reminding him, I was telling him about uh, some of the songs that have come to my mind in the time of need or a verse that came to my mind in the time of need. And when that happens, you don't forget it. Now, it doesn't happen every day or you'd forget them. But those special times in your life where God speaks to you through his word or through a song that he has because you've been to church and you've been exposed to him or you're studying your, the Bible and you've been exposed to it. And all of a sudden the Holy Spirit can pull that up just when you... Anybody have that? You know what I'm talking about? I mean, yes, you do know that. We don't want to forget those benefits. And you knew that God was real. He spoke to you. Now, it wasn't a voice from heaven. It was, you know, it wasn't, uh, uh, or it wasn't a light from heaven. It wasn't uh, some great tornado when God spoke in it. Uh, no, it was just that still small, you knew that God was there. Oh, that's good. You don't want to leave it. It's like Peter, when he saw uh, the Mount of Transfiguration. Lord, let's stay here for a while. No, you're on the mountaintop, but you got to get down there again, you know, with the people. But uh, so forget not those things. And so we see that David is going through this. And, they, and uh, he talks about his ways and how that God talked to Moses. And of course, David knew his ways also. I've got a book now that I'm starting to read uh, by uh, a man who talks about the ways of God. And it's fascinating. I'll tell you about it later. And we might even, might even order it for everybody here. But it's uh, just a great book about the ways of God. And so not just his acts, Lord, I want to see this. I want to see you, you know, we need 75 cars for this lady here. We won't, you know, we got a problem here with a lady who's got a heart problem. You know, we got, you know, we have people with cancer and praise the Lord, you, you know, three of them this week, that, you know, no cancer. Praise the Lord. Boy, I'd like, I wish I had that every week. But if I would, everybody would be coming to me and say, won't you pray for me? But uh, yeah, I want God to heal. Do I believe he will? Yes. But I'm not the faith healer. I want, I want to get with the person and pray with them that they see the ways of God. Not that I put my hand on them and some mighty act of God come. No. I like it whenever people surprise me and tell me how that God has met their need in a way that, you know, as a pastor, when you have a need, and I had to learn this early in the ministry, I want to help you. I mean, I want to do something for you. As some of you have talked about it. Man, I want to fix it, you know, as a pastor. 
But I learned a long time ago that I can't fix everybody's problems. I mean, I get so burdened down with their problems and I don't have a way out until I go to my Lord and say, Lord, I can't do it, but you can. And I've given you illustrations about how that I've prayed for people for cars and they got a better car than I got, you know, and they got it free. And I'm saying, Lord, I'm making payments and I don't even have, you know, and all that. But wait a minute, God can meet needs of people. I want to see his ways. I want to see how he works. And he doesn't always do it through me. I mean, he does it through prayer, but I can't do it. As a pastor, there are just so much, I'm, I'm limited to what I can do. And so are you as a mother, as a father, as a, as a friend of someone else. You can't do everything for them. In fact, I've had to warn people, you know, this person is going to wear you out because you're trying to meet their needs. And you can't meet their needs. You can pray for them. And there's so much that you can do. But they're drowning and they're going to pull you down with them. And so you've got to learn how to, I'm not saying, oh, you just walk off. God will meet you. No, no, that's what the, you know, James chapter 2 tells you not to do that. But there's just so much you can do in, in, until a person decides that they are going to go to the Lord on their own. I was dealing with a man, uh, he was all excited because he, I had helped him out a little bit. And I said, hey, listen, we need to get together and discipleship, of course. And he came, to, came here uh, back several months ago and he was excited because he thought the church had some big gift to give him. And I start, sat down and started talking to him about how that God can meet your needs and mentioned some of you, as for not your names, but how that God's met your needs and all these different things and that he can do it for you. And I didn't have any money for him at the time. I was broke. And he was mad because I didn't have anything but the word to give to him. Now, later on, I went by and I had a couple of things for him, but he wouldn't even answer the door. Well, okay. So, you know, uh, I can't meet everybody's needs. This church can't meet everybody's needs. But I got a God in heaven who can. Amen? And so... We've got to learn what to do as far as being uh, good to people. In fact, there was an article several years ago. I wish I, I think I'll, I'll go back and see if I can rustle it up about how that the two things we're doing in church, we're entertaining people to death. In other words, we want them to come here and be excited. Well, there's just so much excitement until a person gets excited about the Lord themselves. And then we are trying to meet their needs through our social programs and we're sending them to hell because they come for their physical needs, but we get so wrapped up in trying to raise money for their physical needs that we don't have time for their spiritual needs. And so we have to be careful with, you know, keeping the main thing, the main thing. And yet you say, well, pastor, that's just a cop out for you not to give anything to everybody. And all you want is money. And boy, that's, you know, we just talked about that before church service. You know, people just, you know, they want money. You got those people who come to church and all they want is your money. And then you got the people that come to church and if you even mention money, they're ready to leave, you know? So it's one of the, it's really those hard things uh, in life. But, you know, as, a, as people, there's ways of God that I want people to learn that they don't need to come to me and they don't need to, you know, we've taught people to say, dear heavenly government or dear heavenly church rather than say, dear heavenly father. And so we want to teach them the ways of God and how that, my God 
shall supply all your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. Paul said that to the Philippians. And guess what? The Philippians were givers. And that's the reason he said that. God can meet your needs if, because of what you've done for him. Now that's with confidence. Um, and so that's, we're worshiping together. You, know, you can't worship God without giving him something. And what does he want? He wants your heart. My son, give me thine heart. And if he has your heart, he'll have your pocketbook, he'll have your actions, he'll have your desires. And when I start blessing the Lord with all my soul, then I'm tuning my heart. Come thou fount of every blessing. Tune my heart to sing thy grace. God's the God of every blessing, not me. Oh God, use me. Help me to, you know, to have compassion on people. Help me to help the helpless. But Lord, help me to help the, help me to help the helpless see you and see what you can do in their lives. And I love it whenever God does that. And you take a Christian that's down and out and they're broke and God uh, gets their hearts right. They get off their drugs. They get off uh, all these different things and God starts blessing them. And then he blesses the church through them. You know, that's what you love to see. And uh, there again, uh, like I tell people, you know, and you've heard me say, if you ever feel pressure to, if you feel like we want your money, and that's all we, don't. I don't want your money. We don't want your money. We want your heart. And if you have, we have your heart. Has anybody here, has anybody here ever felt pressured by me to really open up your pocketbook? I hope not. If you have, talk with me about it later on. But many of you, I have to say, wait a minute, how girl can you do, you know, I almost want to say, how can you do that? But that's because, you know, that's the benefits of God. And that's the way we want it to be. We're not going to build a crystal cathedral. I would love to think that we can build a nice church building one day. But uh, there again, we're, we're not gonna, that won't be for our glory. It'll be so we can meet in a comfortable place and have something of our own. But uh, there again, if God blesses, that's fine. But uh, that'll be because God blesses you and me. Amen. And so uh, there again, forgetting other benefits. Now, we're not even getting into the angels yet because it knows, this is one of those great passages because he goes on, he talks about in verse 11, uh, he says, for as the heavens are high above the earth, so is his mercy toward those who fear him. We talked about that, that was it last week, about uh, the heavens and how huge they are. And underneath are the everlasting arms. There's a God who made those with his fingers and if he says, uh, uh, if he made the heavens with his fingers, just how he could uphold you with his arms. He says, uh, uh, as far as the east is from the west, he remembers, uh, he, uh, so far he's removed our transgressions from us. There's that great passage again, east from the west. Why does he say east from the west? So here's one of his benefits. He forgives us and he removes those transgressions from us. Why east from the west? Because as long as you're going east, you're going east. As long as you're going west, you're going west. But when you go north, sooner or later, you're going to start going south at the pole, right? So it's not from north to south, it's from east to west. And so as far as the east is from the west, he remembers those. He remembers those. You know, isn't it interesting that God can forget? A God who knows everything can forget. Uh, that's a hard one for me. Okay, <laughs> right? Um, as far as, far, and I love this, verse 13, as far as a pit, father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. 
I got my youngest child now is in his 30s. I got four of them. And I still pity them. I still want to help them. I still want to see how they're doing. I still want to correct them and show them, hey, listen, I can do it better than you or your kids. No, I don't. I'm, I don't. If my kids are watching this, you know I don't mean that. But, you know, but us parents have a way of wanting to, you know, we have to keep our hands off, right? Of taking care of our grandkids. I, when you were a kid, I didn't know. I try my best not to, you know, to do that. I know what it's like because as a pastor, you hear that all the time, raising kids. And that's what I told Brennan the other day. I say, you know, you got people down there saying, well, when my kids were small and this, and here you are trying to raise a kid. And you know, no, 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 none of that. But, uh, but you know, God pities the children and pities us um, because we are, we are his. And I love this. Uh, but he remembers our frame that we are but dust. Now, I live many times, I don't think I'm going to die tomorrow. Do you? I don't think I'm going to die today either. And that's one reason they love, uh, uh, they call them service, uh, serviceable age or uh, men that are age of, of active service. So in other words, somewhere around 17 to like 25 to 30. That's prime age because those guys don't think they're ever going to die. I've talked to uh, guys that were in World War II and uh, one guy talked about how that he was blown out of the top of a B-17 and he landed in France. He said, I never thought about dying. You know, that happened to other people. He says, now I look back on it and just, you know, whatever. Now, of course, now he'd be over 100 years old now, but I'd love to hear that as a pastor. Sometimes guys will start talking to you like that. But, uh, you know, you didn't think about it. Talked to another guy who was in Guadalcanal, uh, which was one of the first major victories, but it was a horrible victory in World War II. And I said, how do you sneak up on an encampment at night and realize you're going to be going through there? And he says, well, we just were trained and you don't think about it until later. <laughs> you know, there again, you know, you don't get those, those I've, you don't want to get them crying about things that happened in the past. But it is sometimes they just need to talk. You know, if I could find a guy like that, I'd love to hear it. I just wish I had written it down because I could be, you know, that's the way historians make their money is all those personal accounts. And uh, so uh, I've had a knack for getting people to talk, you know, but uh, there again. Um, but uh, God remembers that we're but dust. And uh, sometimes he reminds us of that. Uh, the big C word or the big problem with the, oh, uh, that EKG that you've taken a hundred times. And all of a sudden we see something, you know, just one little heartbeat and it changes our lives. One little dust particle, one little germ can kill us. They're talking about that fentanyl now. You know, they, they got enough that comes across in one day that can kill the entire population in the United States. And yet God's protected. And he remembers our frame that we're but dust. And so God has ways. And so he says, as, far, as for man, his days are like grass, his flower of the field. So he goes on and talks about that. But the mercy, verse 19, the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. There's that eternality again. The, um, the everlasting arms. And uh, uh, those who fear him. Now what I want to get to is uh, the end here where he says, um, to such as keep his commandments or his covenant. Verse 19, the Lord has established his throne in heaven. 
And that's why when Paul talks about in heavenly places, that term is actually the heavenlies. And folks, we have a place in the heavenlies because God is on his throne, isn't he not? Praise the Lord for full salvation. God is still upon his throne. Love that little song. He says, um, establish his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. Is there anything going on in the world that the Lord doesn't know about today? Is there anything in the world that's going on over in Gaza today that God doesn't know exactly what's happening? Does he have the power over life and death? And so his kingdom rules over all. Now saying that, then we get into, and boy, I think we got a little, we got some time. Um, verse 20, bless the Lord, you his, uh, you his angels who excel in strength and do his word. So now we're not to pray to angels, but David in the inspiration of God says, hey, listen, you realize that whenever you're praising God, you're doing the work of angels. Have you ever seen any angel around the throne of God who isn't praising him in the Bible? Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. They're singing and they're praising God and they're falling down before him. Every time you see an angel, whenever they're before the Lord, now, of course, he sends them out and does things. But uh, we see them praising God. And so whenever we sing that song, uh, uh, Come thou fount of every blessing, tune my heart to sing thy grace stream. I want to be tuned up, Lord. I hope I'm on key with the angels. Now, we know, we've talked about the mysticism. I don't want to get into the mysticism of it all, but God's got his angels around us. We know in Ephesians 3.10 that he's got his angels looking down from heaven and learning the manifold or the the, the word manifold, it means the multifaceted wisdom of God in his church. Do you believe that God is teaching his angels his wisdom through you and me today? That's staggering, you know, but God, so can we worship the Lord? So I want to keep my mind on the Lord, stayed upon Jehovah, not on the angels, because I'll get my mind off of him. But God has his ways with his angels. He says, so he says, bless the Lord with his angels, heeding the voice of his word, the, the, the obedient angels, and there was two thirds of them of his creation that follow God's word. And by the way, you say, well, how could God, how could it happen that uh, a third of them fell away because God will always give his created beings who have souls, who will last forever, a choice. And so in every age, whether it's Adam and Eve or uh, Cain and Abel or Abraham, Isaac and Jacob and Esau, you name it, God gives each person a choice. And so and even during the great millennium when people are born without sin and they can live for a thousand years and yet God has to give you say well why does the Lord allow Satan out for the you know for a little bit at the end because he has to give him a choice folks you came to the Lord because you said just as I am without one plea it wasn't that you were born into your family and you became a Christian because you were born a Christian no each one of us 
had to make a choice. Did we not? And so we see that uh, he says, bless the Lord. So we can praise the Lord with the angels. Uh, those are the good ones. He says, bless the Lord, all you hosts. And there again, we looked at that term host, the idea of a Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts. He's in charge of all the angels. He's the captain of the Lord of the host of hosts. Um, but again, we see that uh, we praise, you know, so if David is writing this, yeah, he knows a little bit about armies. And so you can think about, okay, Lord, you've got the armies. And so, Lord, uh, you know, we need them. We certainly need them today. He says, you ministers, and there's that term again. He's the, they excel. Notice they excel in strength. They, they are his ministers. We've looked at that. Uh, and all who do his good pleasure. So, Lord, get me in step with the angels. I want to walk with you. And if I walk with the Lord in the light, that means I'm in his timing, I'm in his direction, I'm in his command. He can say forward march and I'm going. He says halt and I can halt to the left. Well, I was left oblique. Remember all those? Did you have all that marching? Oh, you were Air Force. You guys didn't do anything. No, but you know, I'm sorry. But, uh, uh, but uh, you know, left oblique and you're going sideways and right oblique. You know, oh, wait a minute. Left oblique, right oblique, you know, Gomer Pyle here. But, uh, you know, all those different things. So you're in, but my sheep hear his voice. And again, I've told you about, uh, we'd get out on the freight field. And, uh, and the one thing you did not want to do is listen to another drill instructor. And so sometimes he would even bring somebody over in back of us and say, to the rear march, which is, you know, make that, uh, about face and move. And uh, if you did, you spent some time uh, and, and he had a way of doing it. it was, he'd, we'd put our, our um, raincoats on and go into the shower and do jumping jacks in a steamy shower. I mean, that's one of the ways. <laughs> so he had ways of making us very uncomfortable. But my sheep hear my voice. And so you better make sure that you know his voice because there's a lot of voices out there. And so again, walking with the Lord, you ministers of his who do his good pleasure. Bless the Lord, all, all his works in, in places of all of his dominion. Now we got several verses, and it's amazing how there's, there's not that many verses about angels in the book of Psalms. But in Psalm 34, let's just look at some of them. Psalm 34, we, well, it's already written there. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. The angel of the Lord and camps around those who fear him. Folks, that means that neither death nor life nor things present nor things to come can separate us from the love of God. Because not only is God with us, but the angels in heaven are protecting us. And if God be for us, who can be against us? That's just if you got your bulletin, just write these down on the back and really meditate on these. You know, we got angels encamping around us today. Now you say, well, boy, I want to, no, just keep your mind on the Lord and he'll take care of the rest, right? But we can just know that God is with us. Psalm 91, 11 says, for he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. And so Psalm 34, he encamps around us. In Psalm 91, 11, he, God gives his angels charge. So Lord, 
I want to walk with the angels. Now, I want to walk with you, but if I'm walking with you, I'll be in step with the angels. I want to know that, uh, that I'm going your way. Now, and remember what happened uh, with Elijah? And Elijah was out there and the, Samarit- the uh, Syrians were coming down and, um, and the servant, uh, they were surrounded by the Syrians and uh, they were looking for Elijah because he was always telling the king of Israel what to do. And they were wanting to kill him. And, uh, and uh, the servant says, oh, look at all these Syrians around us. They're going to kill us. And remember what Elijah said, or Elisha said to him? Lord, let my servant see what I see. And what were there? All the angels around it. Now, I don't, you know, there again, we're not to pray to see the angels. But at sometimes you can just feel there's a force, there's, an, there's something going on that's far beyond you. Now, not all the time, because if you did it, you'd get used to it, just like the benefits of God. Sometimes you have to go back and look at them. But, uh, there's times that you just know that something is bigger than you are going on. And I've definitely in the ministry, I felt that at times where, man, life, I'm sunk. I've had it. I mean, the whole world's against me. But you just feel not only the Lord, but just something out there that is saying, no, I'm taking care of you. You know, and so that's what, you know, the ways of God. Now, again, I don't feel that every day. And I'm not going to pray even that I don't want, you know, I don't want to pray to the angels, but I do just know that God has the angels out there. Uh, do we have guardian angels? I don't know. I'll find out when I get to heaven. The Lord didn't tell me I have a guardian angel. If I do, he's working overtime. But you know, he, I really need one. Yes, ma'am. What? Children have guardian angels? Yeah, find that verse because you know, the, the children have angels. Boy, my sure needed them. <laughs> so did yours. I mean, you wonder how in the world your kids ever <laughs> survived. And so God has ways of protecting. And then. Right. Well, that's what I mean. God, you know, there are angels that are watching. We're looking at some in the Psalms right now. But, uh, but you know, there again, I don't know. All I can do, I want to pray to the captain. You know, the captain of the Lord of hosts. Whenever a general deals with another general, he doesn't bring his whole army. They talk one to another. Or even at, uh, like some of these surrenders, Yorktown, where... Uh, uh, Washington was out there. And, uh, and the British were so humiliated that they did not want to surrender to Washington. They wanted to surrender to the, to the French general. If you know your history there. And the old French general said, you know, you're not surrendering to France, you're surrendering to America. Go to that one man. No, he didn't surrender to all the army. He surrendered to Washington. You know, so there again, you know, I don't, I, I don't know God's armies, but I know my captain. If I go to him, he'll take care of everything else, right? So let's keep our mind on the captain and he'll take care of the rest. Um, Psalm 104, uh, who maketh the angels spirits and minister of flaming fire. 
Again, so these are all terms that we see that we've talked about. He's, uh, he encamps around us. Uh, he gives the angels charge over us. We looked at that before. Uh, we've talked about the description of angels in Psalm 103, verse 20, where he says, they excel in strength. They're stronger than we are. That's Hebrews chapter one. Um, they do his commandments. They're the obedient ones. And they hearken to the voice of God. Psalm 104, he makes his angels uh, as ministering spirits. And we talked about angels being ministers, the very term means minister. And then let's just turn over to Psalm 148 in closing. And we'll look at that. Again, praising the Lord with the angels. <clears throat> and he says, praise the Lord. Now these are the Psalms. It's interesting how you, the last 10 or so Psalms just uh, deal with just praising God. But it says, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise the Lord from the heights. Praise the Lord, all his angels. Praise all his hosts. Praise him. Sun and moon, praise him. All the stars of light. Now you say there's one of those personifications that we are not talking about pantheism where we worship the God of nature. But doesn't God say the heavens declare the glory of God? That's the idea. And the earth shows his handiwork. He says, praise him, you heavens of heavens and the waters above. And so he tells us that even the hills are alive with the sound of music. That's a biblical phrase that we'll see in Isaiah later on. And so God made all of his creation to praise him. So folks, whenever you start praising God, then you are in the original purpose of the reason God created you. To praise him. And if we praise him, if we bless the Lord, guess what? If we bless the Lord, it comes back on us. Uh, because when we bless him, guess what? He blesses us. But of course, he's blessed us before we ever. So all we're doing is throwing back what he's given to us, and then he throws bigger chunks. So we get that round robin type thing going. And so that's the way God's made us. So when you feel bad, forget not his benefits. You know, what God has done in our lives. Okay, we're going to close, but uh, I don't know about you, but I, now a lot of these times I just fall into meditating out loud with you and I like it, but I hope you do too. I mean, but it's one of those things where I'm just, uh, you know, going back on experiences and stuff like that, but I hope it's a blessing to you. Let's meditate together. Let's pray together. And I hope I've, I've reminded you of some of the experiences you've had with the Lord. Let's know his ways, not just his acts. But Lord, teach me your ways. I want to know them because I want to tell others about it because all they see is your acts. I want to see, I want them to know what I know about the Lord. Okay, let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Oh Lord, how we pray that uh, we thank you, Lord, that you've got angels around us. You're encamping around us today. And yet, Lord, we don't look to those angels. We look to you. And we pray, Father, that... Uh, we know that uh, you can change heaven and earth to get things done for our benefit. So Lord, may we not forget your benefits that you bestow upon us. Bless your people, Lord. Bless the, may we bless you with all of our souls and all that is within us. May we throw everything to you, Lord, casting our cares upon you, casting our praise, our energies upon you, because we know, Lord, there's no good thing that you will withhold from them who walk uprightly. Lord, teach us your ways, we pray. 
In Jesus' name, amen.